Welcome to Under the Influence. everyone. Welcome to this episode of Under the Influence. Our guest today is Ava DeGrinis. Ava graduated from NYU's Stern Business School in 2019. She works in marketing and in her spare time dabbles in makeup, fashion, modeling, graphic design, and video editing, all of which are stylistically and consciously posted on her Instagram account. Thanks so much for joining us, Ava. How are you? I'm good. Thank you so much for having me, Michelle. It's so good to see you. It's so good to see you. Oh my God. Um, yeah, I'm really, we had, we had a little bit of a prelude before we started recording. So we, <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm really excited to talk to you about a lot of this stuff. I feel like, I feel like we'll get into some interesting topics, you and I. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm so glad that you're doing this and what a sick name. Like, can we just give a moment for under the influence? Like when I saw that, it was like, girl, snaps. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. I Welcome. said it to someone else and they were like, I think it was my brother and he was like what does that even mean and I was like whatever I hate you it's fine you're not I'm doing cool <laughs> you're doing cool girl shit yeah no. <laughs> um no exactly um okay so let's just get right into it how would you define actually let's see what uh what platforms are you on what social media platforms are you on so technically I'm on most of them, but okay. I don't really use all of them for mm -hmm. a myriad of reasons. Um, mostly I'm on Instagram because yeah. it's very visual based. Mm -hmm. um, I feel like you can get a lot of information from that just one app. And I think that it combines a lot of different apps in one. Um, I used to use Facebook, but that just became really for lack of better words, old and like yeah. people like started talking about like politics a lot. I didn't feel like it, it was like as inspiring of a space. Um, so I just use that for like to check when people's birthdays are <laughs> and to like message with people sometimes. Yeah. Um, Twitter became exhausting, honestly. Like mm -hmm. it's 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 so much work to keep that up. I feel like to, and I loved reading what people have to say. Um, but again, just didn't really feel like I had enough space, like emotional space and time to do that many things. Okay. Tick TikTok, super fun, but like, I'm just gonna let the Gen Z's take that over because it's just, and the trends are so quick. Like, I don't know, like by the time I'm doing something or editing a video for something, the next trend has already come. So yeah. I feel like Instagram's just like my happy medium of like, you have the stories if you're short on time, you have like, the your, people's feeds to be able to keep up with what people are doing but you can also follow like aesthetic accounts like whatever and get inspired so it's like the best parts of I think a lot of apps and in, into one yeah okay I I totally know what you mean with like Facebook and Twitter I mean Facebook kind of I literally use it for the same reasons just to like check people's birthdays or like in a moment of weakness, <laughs> like message someone from middle school and be like, Hey, what's up? Like stupid. <laughs> I haven't done that yet. I need to do that. <laughs> um, I don't recommend it. <laughs> um, and then Twitter. I mean, I'm also a visual person. So I think Twitter was hard for me to get into because it was so much more about words. And I think I, because it's all about words, no, and not really about images, it makes it harder to like craft a tweet for me. I don't know if you yeah. 
feel similarly. Yeah. Cause I'm like, I don't know how you're going to absolutely agree. Take what I mean. And like, am I funny? It all depends on the tweet. And I don't know. Yeah. And it's, and it's a really special space because a lot of what your profile is, is your retweet. So it's also mm-hmm. like not only creating your own content, of, but also finding, seeking out other content and people kind of, kind of create an identity there through words, which is just, that's great, but you can, you have to like physically read a tweet where a picture, it's like, boom, your brain can process that in a split second. Like when you see someone scrolling down Instagram, it's a lot quicker than say Twitter. Yeah, that's actually, that's totally true. And now that they, um, I think Twitter upped their word count or like character count. So your tweets can be longer. Um, so yeah, just like, (laughs) (laughs) um, I was talking to someone before and they were saying how they use Twitter mainly as a as a news source. And I never really thought about that, but with recently what's been going on the past week. Um, yeah. And I was like, oh, that's totally true. Cause I guess like news medias and like politicians and stuff use Twitter and they don't really use yeah. other, I don't know, other platforms. Like imagining them having like an Instagram. I feel like Obama has an Instagram. Biden sure does. I follow him. Oh, does he? (laughs) Yeah, he does. What does he post? It just feels like someone in marketing just took a bunch of good like press images and just wrote really cute captions like let's go US like things like that. You don't really get as much information. I'd say I think that they're just having the account to have it. But but like you said, with Twitter, I think that that has completely changed since the uh, administration of Donald Trump. Like, it was like the first time that the United States really heard firsthand every random thought, let's just start with that, of the, the United States president. But I feel like, you know, with news media, um, there's a lot of different opinions going on about that. And to be able to just really hear an unedited um, reaction or thoughts from someone so high up, like in the world, because obviously yeah. the United States is very powerful, like, it really, I think, changed people's, you know, point of view of social media. Like my father was one of those people who like, no Instagram, no Facebook, no nothing. I don't want to be found on the internet. Like I'm secret, like whatever. Yeah. But like, as soon as he like found out that he could follow politicians, he was like, he's on it every day. It's <laughs> really strange to me. And I think it's become very political Twitter. And it's yeah. like, like, when you think politics, I don't think you think Instagram. I think you think of girls in bikinis. And then when you think of Twitter, like now it's completely different. I don't think of like, funny cat retweets like I think of like people using it as a platform to say things yeah yeah I feel like that's something I've heard too like um like let me see what Twitter thinks let me see like oh this is going on let me check Twitter and like yeah yeah and it's become this sort of like running news feed in a way it's I mean I feel like that just pairs with like the overwhelmingness of it that you were kind of touching on earlier um that I also feel about Twitter but it is interesting that there is like with social media, I feel like the space between the like unachievable or like celebrity status or like the top tier of society, quote unquote, quote unquote, all of that. And like the normal person is like closing, like that gap is closing. And then especially like you're mm-hmm. saying with like President Trump and like his tweets, it's like, like for lack of a better phrase, like from like straight from the horse's mouth, right yeah. there for the world to the common man person. Um which is then, I mean, I'm not sure when this is, podcast will be released, but as of right now, it's like in January, early 2021, and Twitter uh, recently banned Donald Trump. And so like that right. in itself is just, 
it's an interest like i don't know this is kind of diverging but then it's like censorship in a different a completely different way than i feel like yeah. we've seen before right um, well yeah and completely and i'm happy that twitter exists even though i don't use it like you know instagram and other apps they screenshot tweets and you still get to see like yeah. what people are saying but i think that it is lended itself to allow ideas to spread at like hyper speeds so like you like like AOC it's like one of the only people I follow on Twitter and just seeing like how she changes culture and is able to speak on current events like within seconds I think yeah. it's great that we're able to learn about things so quickly so mm -hmm. I, even though I don't necessarily use it because let's be honest we're all super busy you kind of have to choose what you put your time towards yeah um I'm I'm glad that now the news the way we digest and get news is changing because I don't think a lot of people really have time to watch the news. I think it's a quick, quick skim of an article or headlines. Um, but the fact that we can get it through the mouths of people that we trust and get their opinions very quickly, I think that's awesome. And I think Twitter is um, allowed for that. Yeah, I think too with the like, that so many, I mean, unfortunately now it's like this weird paradigm of like finding out that news sources are biased where I feel like before that wasn't even something that crossed people's minds. So now, like you're saying, like coming straight from like a politician, like AOC or like Donald Trump or like anyone, it's just, you're like, I know this is your opinion. You're saying it. And then I can just yeah. agree or disagree with this specific person. And it, I feel like in a way I, I'm hoping that it kind of transcends between like the ideas take, uh, take forth instead of like the political parties. Cause you can really focus on individual people and their ideas. Um, but I don't know if that'll happen because everything is really polarized. And I think kind of social media is weirdly like supposed to make everything more democratic, but I kind of feel like it made everything more polarized. I don't know. Well, the thing is, is that we can create our own, um, how do you say sound chambers? I think there's a better way yeah. of saying that, but that's what I'm going to call it right now. Um, because you follow the people that you want to follow. So you are seeking out the, the truth that you want. It's not a neutral truth. Like we don't really, I don't think there's a lot of platforms that are not platforms, but media outlets that allow for neutral truth. So when you create this, this, um, what's the word? Um, like bubble. There's a specific, it's like, um, I, can't, I know I, can't you're, I know I feel like I know but I also don't know the phrase or like the word that you're thinking of yeah you're just you're just seeking out the information that you want and oh, so confirmation can, bias confirmation bias that's it <laughs> um you can basically create your own truths through that and I think that that's not necessarily healthy but I think that it is hard to take a step back and look at a dissenting opinion because you're like screw that that's so wrong but you kind of need to hear both sides to make your own opinion um, but I think that that's become somewhat of a challenge, especially for our generation and our parents' generation. Yeah, I think, and it seems, I feel like part of that is just like human nature in a way. And I mean, I think as we evolve, you can, we can change what human nature means. It's not like solidified um, versus, so like, I, but I do think it's part of like this in-group, out-group, like it's something primal within us where it's like you're you fear the other and so you really just want to gravitate towards people that are like you and that's like mm -hmm. a sense of comfort and security and then if someone else has like a different opinion and especially I feel like if someone has a different opinion it has to be worded and presented in a specific way for anyone to even listen much less change how they feel or think um, yeah you know based on it 
there's this, definitely yeah there's this thing um MIT has like a project that they're doing in their in their media lab it's called effective networking and it's specifically for Twitter and you can basically go on Twitter and then um like if I went and then I guess if I typed in your username I would see your news feed or your what is it called your your feed your feed yeah okay so, so I'd be able to see like oh what does Ava see when she logs onto Twitter and you can like basically see other people's I don't know if I like that that seems like an invasion of privacy yeah yeah I yeah. I can I can get that but then it's if you're I guess it would depend if if you're a private or public account I'm not sure how they go with yeah. that I would assume that you would have to be a public account to be able to see because if you're private and I don't follow you then I don't even have access to who you follow yeah, yeah, no, that's true. And I suppose you could, could just scroll through and see what people follow, but to actually get it from like a specific point of view like that seems, it's just, I mean, maybe in, in action, I would feel a little bit differently, but just the thought tickled my spine a little bit. Like, as that's, that's weird. People yeah. really have access to way too much information nowadays. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't seem to be any end in sight, but yeah, it's an interesting project. I don't really know how many people would even use it because I think- mm -hmm. Like what's the point? Maybe, yeah. maybe if you're obsessed with a celebrity and you want to see what's going on there. Maybe, yeah. But. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. And I, yeah. And what I was going to say is, I mean, I don't see many people doing that and looking at the pe people's news feeds who are different from them. You know, I feel like, like you're saying you'd be more out of curiosity. Like, Oh, I love this celebrity. Like what does Harry Styles see yeah. on Twitter? Um, right. Right. Yeah. I wonder what he does. That makes see. sense. Yeah. No, no, I, I know. <laughs> no, but that's an interesting thought. And to kind of go back to the other point, I think um, what, you know, social media as a whole has provided us when it comes to seeking out news is unedited truths, because I've seen a video that surfaced through social media, say, like at a protest, something that happened, or just straight footage of a big event that's being talked about in the news, whatever that may be. But when you watch it like on the person's account, it's usually just the video. Maybe there's a caption with it or like, look at this. But when you when I've seen the same video on different news outlets, it's always twisted or mm -hmm. they're showing you just a clip of a video. And I'm like, that completely changed the message of what happened. So I think that it's allowing us to create our own opinions about things rather than kind of being led, which I think is great because I obviously nobody wants to be spoon fed something that you know, maybe or may or may not be true, or if it's through the lens of an opinion. But this way, we all get to kind of create that for ourselves, which I think is super important. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I agree with that. I also think that that's something important that has become, I feel like public knowledge or like within public awareness is the fact how similar events or this, like the same event can be um, worded and manipulated differently based on what news source and like how they, I feel like understanding understanding the power of language in that is something that we as like a generation the generation under us is now actively thinking about we're like how am I being toyed with or pulled um yeah yeah but I guess that's a, another can of worms because you could say that the medium in which you get this information is also a way that you're being manipulated or pulled it's in true. some sort of way you know um but yeah I mean so Earlier, you said you don't, we have to sort of pick, you know, which social media, which platform, you know, you have to prioritize which way you go, because uh, you're right, you know, life is busy, there's other things to do. So you spend majority of your time on Instagram. Correct. Yes. Okay. So tell me about your Instagram. 
So my Instagram, I've always seen as more of like a tool to share art and mm-hmm. get inspired by art. Um, a lot of the accounts I follow are artists um, of all different mediums and different styles. And, you know, the save tool has been amazing for me because you can just like create different folders and get inspired in different ways. Like, like I have a hair folder, a makeup folder, a photo shoot folder for like poses and ideas, um, a fashion folder, you name it. And just, I can kind of create a vision by going off of all these different inspirations, which is so cool that you can do that. Like I think about my mom and she used to like cut out in magazines and create little like scrapbooks of like what she wanted to do. And like, now we have access to millions and millions of photos. So my Instagram is um, definitely more artsy, I'd say. Um, I have always, always been interested in fashion and that kind of fragmented into a whole world of just really enjoying aesthetics, whatever that may be. Um, I studied art. I almost went to art school instead of business school, but I was scared straight into the, the, the traditional path, which I don't regret. Um, but I kind of, because I went to such a, you know, difficult business school and was taking things that I would have never wanted to take, like calculus and microeconomics and just things that made me gag. I had to have some sort of outlet for my creativity because I am a creative at heart. I just so happened to, you know, be able to be in business and want to use my skills for that. So I, um, I ended up really turning toward my Instagram and uh, I would just create concepts in my head and it started off a little PG, not like, um, you know, with like sexuality or anything like that, but just like a very sh- like simplified version of what I wanted to do. And a lot of that was taking, you know, Pinterest pictures and inserting that into my Instagram to create like a pretty grid. So yes, I posted this, but I'm going to repost this other person's art in this one. And that kind of shifted into being like, okay, well, instead of using that image, that inspo picture, why don't I just create my own? And so I started creating my own aesthetic images and I just kind of really wanted to make the grid pretty. And I think that that's a very simplified way of like, of saying that what a lot of people try to do, like they want it to be interesting. They want you to be engaged while you're going through this. And I think it's, it's actually a really beautiful thing that like I can scroll through all my images and see my different styles and interpretations of myself and how I wanted to be presented and perceived throughout the years, which is drastically changed, drastically changed. Like I went through a year and a half, maybe two years of only posting red pictures, which is just crazy to think now because in the past year and a half, I've gotten really into makeup and, you know, makeup does not only come in the shade of red, it comes in many, many different shapes, forms, and you can do really cool things with it. So I was like, I don't want to put myself in this box anymore. It was a really cool jumping point for a while but now I want to be able to explore other sides of myself that maybe I haven't really given any attention to. And I really fell in love with different concepts. And so basically my Instagram is a way I express myself. Um, And it's more, it's more than just the images to me. I will take an image that I like, but say I want it to be a little bit more I don't know, interesting or technical or something. And I'll edit myself, even though I like the background kind of, I'll edit myself into like a space situation. I want this, I want the viewer to get this sort of vibe from this image, even though it was never intended on that, 
when I took that image a year ago or when I took that six weeks ago. Mm -hmm. um, I just kind of use it as a, as a canvas of, of what I really want to post. So it's become, it's, it's a very weird thing to me because like, like you said before, like I don't use it to try to like, further my business or make money off of or anything like that. It's simply an outlet for me. Like it's simply so I don't go crazy being in business because that's not really what I want to do. But yeah. honestly, there's, there's, it's enough. Like it kind of like fulfills that need for me. I look at it like the Sims, like you need to be able to fill all your little bars for what you need to do. And one of mine is art. And if I can get that through a free app, just a few hours a day and still like continue on this different trajectory that I have for my life, like, like my life plans, I think that's pretty cool. Okay. I have so many questions. <laughs> um, okay. So let's go back to seeing different versions of yourself as you scroll through your Instagram. Um, I, one, can relate to that. I think that's one of the best things about like having a social media like Instagram um, is being able to look through and being like, oh, like look how different I was or look at the things I cared about. Whenever I go through like a, I'll like go through like a selfie phase and then I'll go through like a yes. non-selfie phase. Like who oh. did it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so you said you used to post like all red stuff, which I totally remember. I feel like that was like how I met you it was like very like Ava likes red, Ava likes black and red. And like, that's Ava. Um, what you remember my outfits in Ireland, like that was yes. black, <laughs> white and red. That was my flag. <laughs> yeah. Um, so what did that you said, you know, you, you moved on from that color and kind of like were able to expand into different arenas. So what did that red symbolize for you? Like, why was it all red? And then what was that transition into more colors and things like that? So I don't, it's funny because I think like naturally through different emotions, like even before I really picked up on like, I want to be, have an aesthetic, like I'd say red was my first like aesthetic phase. Before that, I really cared about imagery and like how the grid looked. I just didn't realize that like, I really did go through phases of like, okay, this was like really bright colors. And then it was mm. like, it kind of went with the seasons, honestly. Like, and then in the fall, it'd be like kind of brown neutral tones. And then I kind of like, you know, everybody stalks themselves on Instagram, let's be real. And so yeah. like I'd scroll through and like, I'd see it change. And I realized that at that moment I was posting a lot of red red is always my favorite color. I think it's a very striking color. I think it's bold. I think it's powerful. There's a lot of different, um, you know, it symbolizes a lot of different things. And I kind of realized the person that I wanted to be perceived as, because you get to choose what you want to be perceived as, was that kind of, you know, striking. I thought that the color was a little bit mysterious. Like just, you know, I wanted to really lean into that and see what I could do with it. Um, and it was really fun. And I think that like to take it off in a different branch, like, you know, for creatives, you don't want to put yourself in a box ever, but like picture if you're uh, say professor were to say, write an essay about something versus write an essay about this time period, this subject, like they're not, it's just a prompt. Like it's giving you, I honestly feel like it makes me more creative because I have a place to start with. Because if I'm just like left to my own thoughts, like it, they're going a million miles an hour mm -hmm. all over the place that it kind of grounded me in a, in a place where, okay, I did these first thoughts that I had with red. Now I have to push myself 
to figure out more ways to, you know, express myself through this color. Mm. And, you know, it, it's easy when you're just doing like your clothes, but I was on a student budget. I didn't have a million dollars to spend on red clothes. So I'd have to get like crafty with what I was doing. And it sounds dumb. It's just a color, but and, and in the time, like I didn't really think about it like as much as I'm expressing it right now, but it really did look sick. <laughs> <laughs> but like, it looked really cool. And that was cool for a really long time, um, like a year and a half. But then I realized I was like, I like, look at my room. Like I love color. I love those purple pants. I love those lime green trousers, like whatever. And I was just not wearing them because I was really, dedicated to the aesthetic which is really cool like I mean I follow some people where that, like they have an aesthetic and they are married to that like they do not switch it up which is cool I love that but me myself and I I have I am a very multifaceted person I have a ton of different interests like I like I, I told before I'm in so many I'm into so many different kinds of art that I just couldn't really stick with that for any much longer um, and so my identity kind of shifted. It, it didn't shift like because of my Instagram, but it shifted with my Instagram. Mm -hmm. And um, as I started to play with more color, I started to realize like there's a whole world of possibilities that I was kind of turning a blind eye to that now I can, you know, work with. Um, and I think, as I said before, like makeup really introduced me to that world. There's so many things that you can do with makeup to transform yourself or, you know, just to create a concept on your face. Like it's basically just a blank canvas, except you have a few things that you have to, to work with. And I've had so much fun working with that. But honestly, right now, like I did so much makeup that I was just kind of like, I haven't taken pictures of my clothes in the longest time. Like, why am I thrift shopping every weekend and getting all this sick clothes that I'm not even wearing, especially during quarantine, like you're not wearing it anywhere. Yeah. So I was like, I think I'm going to focus back on fashion. So now I'm turning like my account slowly back into like a fashion account. And I think that it's cool that you can do that. You just post the picture. It takes five seconds. Yeah, no, totally. And I, I think what, how you um, described like a prompt was mm -hmm. really interesting. And I totally, I feel like I understand what you're saying. Cause even like how you were saying there's different shades of red that you were kind of going through and expressing yourself with. Um, I feel like you take something and then you try to understand all of it and eat all of it up and consume it all. And then that seems like what you did with red, especially for such a long mm -hmm. period of time, like two years to however long it was. Yeah. That's a really long period of time, especially during such a transitional era where you're in college and you're going from 18 to like 20, 22, whatever it is. Um, and I think it's, it's really interesting that you did it with red. That was your power. That was your like favorite color. I don't know if it's still your favorite color, but especially yeah. one it is. Okay. Um, and I think that it is such a powerful striking color. And as someone that is a similar stature as me and a woman, I think it's interesting that you gravitated, that you gravitated towards power in that way mm -hmm. and able to express yourself through this very still powerful color for like two or three years or so um and the I lady like, in red <laughs> yeah yeah and I feel like it was I mean being someone that was like you know I've known you since the beginning of college but we didn't really hang out as much and I, even when we you know became closer I didn't see you every day but mm -hmm. I interacted with your Instagram a lot and I feel like it was really effective 
the the way that you were trying to pronounce yourself and the image you were trying to display for yourself was really effective in a way that I still think about it. Not like think about it, think about it, but like I see that image in you. Think about me. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And like to me, I'm like, oh yeah, that's how like that's that's part of Ava's personality. That's like who Ava is. I like will always associate you with like red and kind of powerful. Um, and like an exuberant person, which like you are regardless of any color that you wear. But I, it's interesting just how effective it was really. And I feel like it maybe it wouldn't have been that effective if you didn't keep it up for that long. Um, well, well, it, 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 it means so much to like hear that. And like, I'm so glad because honestly, like not gonna lie, that was for me. Like my Instagram is always for me. It's never yeah. about other people. But I would get asked like, and, and like, you know, not in a mean way, just like in a very curious way. Like, why do you care so much about your Instagram? Like, it's just Instagram. And like, I totally get that. It is just an app, which, you know, was named terribly. Like, let's be real. It's a terrible <laughs> name for such a popular app. But I just, you know, I like the fact that I could portray this other side to me. I could be the, like a lot of people in my work, I don't want them to follow me on Instagram because I'm a very different person there, you know? So I, I like the fact that I could really show a piece of me that way. And it's almost like rawest form because, you know, when you're someone like me who cares like about like the aesthetic, whatever that's planned. Like, that's not like, oh, I took a cute picture. I'm going to post it. Like you, I have like a, a, an app that plans the feed. Like I can plan something a month in advance. And like, that sounds like a lot of work. That sounds like, oh, she must really care about her image which you know who doesn't but it was really more like I know that this I'm a control freak a little bit so like I know that this is like set for the next few weeks and I like that you know I was gonna get the joy of sharing my art and I was like okay this one's on Friday this one's on Tuesday like it's just like a little extra addition to your day which is just like funny but it's it's the truth that's yeah, I, I remember the first time I even knew that you could do that was because was in Ireland when I saw you doing it. And I was like, what are you doing? What is this app? What's going on? <laughs> um, and I literally downloaded it after that, but I um, I haven't really used it for, for my own Instagram. I tried using it for other stuff, but right, it, it does right. take time. Like you're saying, it is a commitment. Um, but I do, it's, it's so interesting because every there's so many different parts of it. And it feels like every different part of your process from first, even you get ready for an, for a picture. It's a blank canvas. You get ready. There's the makeup, you get dressed. There's the fashion. You take the photo, there's the modeling there's, and then you edit the photo. There's graphic design. You then decide how to put the image in. That's like, like an exhibit, like an exhibition. So it feels like you're kind of putting on your own art show all the time on the internet. It's true. That's a very beautifully put, that's, that was very beautifully put. I didn't really think about it like that. And like, I mean, I have friends who really do post art too. Like, like that's Mm -hmm. a part of their aesthetic. Like they post other people's like physical art. And so that's, that's a cool way of putting it. Yeah. I, I like that you transitioned into just making your own art and taking inspiration versus um, I guess reposting and showing other people's things because I think it just even furthers your like this is my part of my identity this is part of my identity mm-hmm. I'm trying to show not just trying to show things that I like which there's nothing wrong with people that do that but it's a different sort of account right right and it also like pushed me to create more content like I I'm not gonna lie like in the beginning it was just like pretty pictures of myself but like if you can take that to the next level like 
like I remember this is gonna sound dumb but it's just like how my mind works sometimes with photos like sometimes you like look really good in a photo and you want to post that one but it's not the most art like thought-provoking artsy picture so Mm -hmm. you got to crop it and cut out your face that beautiful makeup you just did because this is a lot more interesting of a photo this has way better composition and this is way cooler but it takes a while to get there when you're you know a girl that wants to like you know show off on Instagram if you want to make it about the art then make it about the art like it's it's a decision and a transition which sounds super simple but it's 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 a lot deeper of a thought than just like oh I'm just gonna crop it like this it's like there's a lot of time that goes into concepting that yeah no totally and I feel like I I on like the reverse end of that like you take a good pic you're like okay let me post it like I'm I gravitate more towards that end and Mm-hmm. in terms of the time and the effort it's way different it's like you get right. and I wonder how the gratification is for you I mean like even before we hopped on you know how like webcams make everyone look good so I was like taking some <laughs> selfie <laughs> and I was like maybe I'll post this I'm like yeah <laughs> and um but I've deleted Instagram for for like a week or so just because whatever but um I get it I get it yeah um so like what is the ground like how how does if I put I take good if I take a cute pic I post it oftentimes for myself I'll be like I'm feeling some sort of way some sort of way that's not positive it doesn't necessarily have to be like sad or angry or whatever it can be like any sort of like negative emotion and like I'll post a selfie people will tell me I'm pretty and I'll feel good and then yeah. if that doesn't happen I feel worse but yeah. it, then I'm like whatever then I'm like it doesn't matter it's just like an app it doesn't matter and it's like this whole process but that's also taking like little amounts of time and effort to do that. You know, either I've already taken the picture from the past or if I look good right then, I'll take a picture and post it. But for you, it's like a long, it's like, it's a long-term commitment. The fact that you even plan weeks ahead about you have this grid, you have how everything has to go in together. Um, So if you don't get like, what response do you, do you expect? And if you don't get that response, how does it feel? Or if you do get that response, how does it feel? Right, right. Um, So I think that we all have been in touch with the negative emotions that Instagram brings. Um, Sometimes, I mean, obviously, like if you use it as a tool for inspiration and education and just, you know, to connect with people, it's a beautiful, wonderful app. But like, say, you know, who hasn't posted a pretty picture of themselves when they're feeling down? you in you know like in my case when you're editing and putting all this shit and time into it that like maybe people didn't even see like if it's not appreciated that piece of yourself that's sharing like I some like I feel like very vulnerable when I post something sometimes and if it's not met with the validation and the gratification that you were seeking out it hurts and it's and it's funny because like it's something so superficial like like when you really think about like your, like your psyche and like what really matters is the people like around you that appreciate you and all that. But something like someone appreciating your beauty somehow takes the cake on like what, how you're going to feel that day. Like, that's just a little funny to me. Um, I've had to create gentle reminders for myself because, you know, there's so much more that goes into like, like, uh, the amount of the numerical value that you get, the likes that the likes that you get um, from a post, and just how good your content is. Of course, that plays a part. But if you're posting at a the bad at a wrong time, or 
I don't know if you're not using the right hashtags, if, if there are so many other things that goes into it that you can't think like, oh, like this is bad. I am bad. Like it's really just about, okay, that post didn't do that well because of whatever reasons, like let's move on. Um, but I, I mean, I myself have been victim of, you know, getting really bummed out, but I have friends who like, like this really, really hurts, hurts them. And I think that that's one of the negative parts of social media is the fact that there are all of these numerical values given to you. And if you have a business account, like I do, like there are so many insights. Like, like I said, there's people have access to way too much information nowadays and you could like sit there into like the nitty gritties and it's just TMI. Like it, it really is. And people are comparing like this post versus this post this stranger that I follow versus this person or friend that I follow, or they got this amount of likes, they got this amount of likes, you can make yourself crazy about this thing. So I think that just not taking the app seriously is the best life hack you can, you know, you can develop with it. Because if you really start to look into things and like try to figure out why you're getting you like you're getting people like unfollowing you or you're not getting likes anymore like is there something wrong with me does my content suck like no it doesn't it's the stupid algorithm that changes at a at a split second every time like nobody's going to be able to hack the algorithm just like post what you like post what makes you feel good about yourself and try not to like for a while I stopped looking at my my notifications I posted it and I'd either wait like six hours or the next day and just like look at what happened like I feel like if you're tracking like the likes, like what is what the app wants you to do. It's why mm -hmm. it always sends you notifications. Like it wants you to do that. Then it's, it's going to become negative if you are that invested. So I think that, you know, it, it really is a mixed bag how I feel when I post something good or whatever. Like, of course you get all those endorphin rushes when somebody is like, Oh my God, I'm amazing. Oh my God. Like, Oh my God. I got like double the amount of comments on this post and the other one. But when you start getting lost in that, like the positives, you're going to get lost in the negatives too. So just like taking it with a grain of salt and just really using it as a tool, not like your bread and butter of life. Like, I think that that's extremely important and I can't emphasize that enough because there are girls like, and guys, but like, you don't even know the damage that this app is doing and that I've had to literally like talk to you. I've had conversations with myself all the time. I am not zero to blame. But like, I've had to talk to you because it's like, this app is just a part of life. It isn't life. And mm -hmm. I think that that's a, a distinction that needs to be made more often because it, especially during quarantine, when that's the only access you have to people, it's become way too important. And like, you can't, you can't let that run your life. Yeah. I, I think too, with quarantine, it's, like you're saying, I feel like kind of the uh, the role it's playing is different and it's becoming more important in that way that it is kind of your community. Um, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm curious to what you meant when you had the business account and there's like different, so when you say, is it like people, like other people with business accounts, like comparing, they're like, oh, my Instagram is more successful than this person's or is it like social media marketing tools trying to figure out how to market different things? like getting analytics or whatever. So I think that the marketing tools are used for marketing probably 1% of the time. Oh, okay. Um, people want to see how many people saved their image. People want to see how many people sent it around. People want to see 
how many people clicked on my profile after I posted this? And the app makes it super easy to compare everything. Like you get like a little column to pick what you want to compare each image. And it's, it is, you can get lost in it. And it's like, these numbers mean nothing. Like they literally mean nothing. Like unless you're making money off this app, like, and I mean like money, then it doesn't, it doesn't affect you at all. But I see people comparing their posts and say, for the last month, I haven't been able to best myself or I haven't been able to get a lot of engagement. That's when people start really writing into it or, or reading into it and being like, what do I have to do to change this? Like, this is, this is not, this is not right. But like, maybe people are just logging off because they need mental space for themselves. Like there are just so many things, like other reasons that you're not going to be able to really find the real answer. So why like tire yourself and, you know, give that much of your emotional energy to something that's just, it doesn't matter. Like, I think the only thing, unless there's something that I'm missing, I don't think that there's a way to compare your engagement, like um, with how many like views or anything well, like you can't, you don't have access to that information for other influencers or, or yeah. people on the internet, but you can definitely see how many likes they're getting, how many followers they're getting or anything like that, how many comments they're getting. Like, and I think that people really compare. And like, I think that's a natural part of Instagram. And that's why people keep coming on is it's the comparison, which can be very detrimental, especially because we all know that people only post the best parts of their life. If yeah. you're comparing, you're, you know, like you're going through a hard time right now and you don't, you're not feeling good about yourself, something happened and you're comparing that part of you to someone's best, you don't know what's going on in their life. Instagram isn't really, in my opinion, used to share real parts of yourself. There are some people like that. But most people are like, look at this vacation going on. Like, look at my new gift that I just got for my boyfriend. Look at how cute my boyfriend is. Look at my happy family on vacation. Like, they don't know that you guys all just got in a massive fight because, you know, someone said something they weren't supposed to. You know what I mean? Like, that's never spoken about or told. So you just have to realize, like, this is just the, the best, best parts of my life. The best angle, the best lighting, the best picture out of 100. Like, this is not reality. It's just... Uh, it's a pretty picture of what I want my life to look like. And so you can't compare your reality with someone's, you know, curated uh, mystical reality. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, that's something that is interesting and kind of odd to me is that, that is that that's true. Like people just want to present like the best of themselves, which I guess like makes sense. And it isn't that different from like in-person interactions like you're not going to meet someone and just be like these are the things that are wrong with my life <laughs> um you're gonna you know try to step your put your best foot forward um quickly though I just want to make a comment about how you're saying looking at other people's stats and other people's um you know like their engagement likes whatever I just remember there is I don't know what website it is but there's something it's kind of like social blade are you familiar with social blade no. so it's um I think social play is primarily for YouTubers, but you can like search and see like how much each YouTuber is making per video and how many likes they get, things like that. So like, it, I think it's primarily for YouTubers, um, but it's either social blade or something similar to it where you can look on Instagram accounts and there it shows sort of like a percentage ratio between like likes and like engagements and things like that. And I remember there was like, I think it was like Addison Ray and like the normal, I think like the normal percentage rate is maybe like 30%, something like that. And hers was like 90%, like something really crazy high. And, but then there was like comments and stuff that's like, oh, that probably means that she's using bots to like and comment because there's like this 
the time the time that you know in the time period that that many people like whatever all this stuff um just the fact that it kind of goes that deep and that it goes to that extent that people are adding fluff into Mm -hmm. how they're presented makes me think too like I don't know sometimes I go on Instagram I post something and I don't really look at other people's content I just kind of post and I leave yeah no I've been through those phases you know and so I'm thinking like how much like if you're gonna value any part of yourself or your content on engagement which is just I think a really natural and easy thing to do and it's gonna affect you to some degree unless you're completely detached which I think if you're completely detached you probably wouldn't post but um how many people are even going on there to view other people's content in a way that's not self-centered do you know what I mean like I I don't know I don't know yeah but I I think that I think that it's interesting though because I I follow a bunch of like like girls like me like the algorithm allows for me to see their content really easily so like I've made like a lot of friends on the internet like through that um my mom always told me don't talk to strangers on the internet that's literally all I do (laughs) (laughs) but um I've seen them you know complain about like the algorithm and you know try to hack the algorithm kind of like as I said before and a lot of people will only engage with other people's posts so that they'll get more engagement yeah like it's like it's like it kind of twists what the app was like meant for it was meant to connect with people I mean of course it's transitioned throughout the years of what like the purpose of the app is but it's just interesting to me that like some of the engagement you're getting isn't even like genuine like someone's just like oh pretty hard eyes hard eyes hard eyes hard hard eyes like whatever I'm just commenting so maybe you'll comment on my post or yeah, like I'm maybe to post like a selfie so let me comment on all yours so you'll comment on mine exactly like yeah. it's a really like recipro- reciprocity is like a weird aspect of Instagram and I think that people definitely get lost in it and that that's when you start to add the fluff and I honestly don't know if that's for other people's perceptions or your perception of yourself like I feel like this deserves more value so I'm just gonna add it and that's that's this very like new concept of people being able to do that like you couldn't do that with paid media before like you couldn't like fluff how many subscriptions you're selling of your mag like it's just weird how like we have the ability to even do that nowadays and it's interesting that that is tied now to like the individual like it's like I feel like with like traditional jobs and like you're saying like you work in marketing and like in business and so like that's you know business law um like medicine like these are more like traditional like career paths but now it's like the individual can be you can be your own career and very much just like you and like who you are is like you can make a business out of it no matter like for like no matter what skills you have you know what I mean? If you're able yeah. to just sort of hack it, quote unquote, in a way, or like like you're saying, like some of the girls are trying to figure out the algorithm, trying to do, um, you know, trying to do, do the most. I don't mean that in like a negative way, but do the most to push themselves forward to like yeah. capitalize on, on who they are, which I don't know that that's negative or if that's positive, but it just certainly changes the understanding of what individual identity is and what it's worth. Yeah, yeah. And like, I've noticed like a lot of identities like bend and are shaped and formed based off of the trends that are going on. So it's like, you could be like, as I said, like I have gone through many different metamorphoses of who I am, but that was based off of like inward seeking, like 
yes, it's about portrayal of myself, but like, what do I want to be and why? Like what inspires me? Whereas, you know, the market, I'll just call it, decides what trends are and like trying to like do a backbend to fit that, I feel like is almost like a betrayal of self. And then it's like at the, a few months or years of doing that, it's like you sit there and like, who am I? Like I've tried to do trends before, but it's a lot of the times it just feels in like non-genuine. And I just, I see when I see people doing it, I don't look down, like never at all. Maybe people are different than me. Maybe somebody sees the beauty in it and the joy of it in a completely different way. But for me, it's like, dang, like I wouldn't really know, I wouldn't be in touch with myself. I guess that's an easier way of putting it. So it's, it is interesting how the self-identity has been affected in so many ways just by having access to the, to the internet and having a platform to share about yourself, like the natural human um, things that happen when you give uh, a person that, that ability. Uh, it's, it's odd, but it's, it's beautiful in a way, but it's also scary in a way. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like it's, it makes me think of like, there was like a period in my life where I was like a very agreeable person um, not that I'm like now, like a very like contrarian person. Um, but you know, you go through a period where you're like, you want people to like you, you want to get along with other people, whatever. And there was, because I was able to sort of, you know, if someone's like, I think, you know, I think the, the sky is red and these are like my reasons why I think that. And I'd be like, oh yeah, based on what you've told me, that makes sense. And I'm just kind of leave it at that. And then someone's like, I think the sky is green. And then they did I'm like, yeah, that makes sense too. And I feel like there was like a year where I did that, where I came back at the end and I was like, what do I think? Like, yeah. I have no idea what I think because I won, I guess, quote unquote, understand these different sides. But also like people are only presenting facts to, towards their side of an argument that matched their argument. So like, that's kind of hollow in a way, like you were saying, oh, yeah. like confirmation bias. And then me just like, I don't know, like stumbling through the middle in a way that's like, I don't need to make my own decision because I'm kind of achieving social validation and social status by getting along yeah. with everyone. Um, yeah. And you end up not really knowing what you think. And then I think though, like, to me, that was a difficult thing, especially because it was in person, right? Like it was in my immediate life. And I decided when I realized that I wanted to change how I went forward. But then I think if it's something removed, uh, like on, on, on a platform or digital media, on an online community, an online world, how, how much of that wishing, washing, agreeing with everyone is quote unquote as damaging as it, as it was to me in person. You know what I mean? Since it's kind of removed from the yeah. self it's not even in like a physical space anymore um, yeah so you mean like like how, how damaging is it not being able to develop your own opinion you're or being swayed too often I guess how how damaging is it to be that agreeable and like not really present your own opinion or your own point of view on online platforms to your own physical being do you know what I mean? Like if I'm like really PG and like, not like very, what do you, um, I guess PG would be the right word, but not very like contrarian or like outward about like my views on social media, even though maybe I have them in my own self, in my own well, mind. Well, I think that that honestly, Michelle is the norm. 
Mm-hmm. And I think we do have very similar point of views. Like we're strong, bold women and we have opinions. And I think that maybe why you perceive it as damaging is because you do have so much to add and say for the world. You know, your opinion, I value like very much so. But I think the sad part of it is a lot of people don't have an opinion. And, you know, like to take it in a different way, um, you know, Instagram is what you want it to be. You can either follow or any app, really. You can follow only your friends and use it to catch up with people. Or you can only follow aesthetic accounts to get like inspired or whatever. But a lot of the times, like it takes like having like a mixed bag of things. Like I follow a lot of like, like online therapists for like check-ins with myself, a lot of like news sources, a lot of, you know, different kinds of of stimuli to like formulate my opinions. And then, you know, when something's going on in the world, of course, I'm going to share it based off of that knowledge. And of course you can get it from news sources or or wherever you may get it. But if you're not, um, you know, if you don't usually share your opinions, I think that stepping out is extremely scary because mm-hmm. like I have a lot of friends where we have engaging like 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 sharing like like permeating ideas like like interesting conversations with each other but they are don't say a peep on Instagram and usually yeah. it's just like they share little pieces of their life but they don't want to they don't want to show too much like and that's like fine but I think that there's a personality type that is drawn towards sharing and changing ideas Versus the person who, like you said, PG, but I say maybe like a little bit doesn't want controversy. Mm-hmm. Because when I post something with a strong opinion or about like the news or something that I feel strongly about, I get pushback 100%. And a lot of the times, like, if it's something that I hold dearly, and I like know is right, that is my truth, then I maybe distance myself from that person. So on both sides, like disagreeing with people and having a strong opinion you might put yourself in the face of conflict or disagreement, which some people can't handle, which I totally get. If you struggle with anxiety and, or you have social anxiety and that's not something you want to put on the chopping block, then don't, then don't. Mm-hmm. But I feel like when you're like us who are super outward, outgoing, like, like you know, educated, strong opinions, it's almost like, I, I feel like I should be sharing this with the world. Like, I feel like even if it's not my original thought, I strongly agree with this. Like I should share this so other people can be informed, especially in times of drastic change in the world, like what's going on right now, it's extremely important for people to be informed. So sharing on, passing on that knowledge, formulating your opinions, I think is is greatly important. But maybe if you're getting a little bit tired out or you just need space for yourself, I don't think that it's something, I don't think it's damaging to take a break, take a step back and just be a, a, a an audience, just be a listener, a viewer, um, be a little bit more passive because sometimes you need that time to really figure out what you do think. Mm-hmm. So I, I think it's kind of like a good balance of the, of the two. Um, but I think it really depends on the individual and how damaging it may be. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so kind of what you're touching on a bit is, I guess, responsibility in a way. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like there's a specific responsibility that all social media users have to an extent, however large or small it may be? Or do you think that just kind of comes from like the type of person you are, like you're saying, you know, I'm someone that has a lot of opinions and I think I know, you know, I have a lot of background or education in this and I feel like it's my duty to share it. Is that something Absolutely. I make, you know? Uh, I think it definitely depends. Um, like, for example, I think one of the largest cultural shifts I've been, ex- I've been a part of um, on Instagram 
um, was the the time after George Floyd died. Um, and I think that, you know, when the systematic racism was just so plainly and clearly being displayed and society was realizing that these people need to be stood up for, this needs to be documented, people need to know what's going on so we can change. Like, it, that there was a hot point when there was a lot of protests going on and people were more vulnerable and able to be physically hurt and things were going on that it really did become a, a point where you, if you're not saying something, you're saying something, you know, um, people who are silenced, uh, it's a Desmond Tutu quote, it's people who are silenced in moments of oppression have chosen the side of the oppressor, yeah. maybe butchering that quote, but that that is basically the sentiment that I'm standing behind is that if there is disjustice, injustice going on, then I think it is absolutely your duty to say something um, and have an opinion on. You can't, you can't not have an opinion on, you know, injustice. And so there, I did have friends who chose not to speak out. And look, they, most of them are my shy friends that don't say a thing and like didn't want to, maybe they have a bunch of family members that would, you know, largely detest and they just didn't want to open up that can of worms, which I understand. I'm not going to say I really respect it. I understand it because those hard conversations were, were talked about. Like you need to be able to have those hard times for the people who are having harder times. So now, um, you know, during the times people, there was a lot of posts going around, like, will you still stand as an ally when Black Lives Matter isn't a hot topic anymore, when there's the next thing in the news? And I think it's absolutely important to keep that conversation going. But now, if you're not saying anything as much or at all, I, I somewhat more understand. I try to keep that as a common theme in my conversations on the internet. However, it really depends on what's going on. So, you know, it, it, it does depend on the individual, but if it's something as uh, damning and drastic as lives being lost over injustice, then you absolutely need to have an opinion. In my point of view, this is my point of view, and I am a very loud outward person, so like keep that in mind, but it is very important to me that the people that I am closest to are educated on things that affect the mass, the masses, but more specifically the minorities that, you know, are the, the victims of, of this systemic problem. Mm -hmm. So um, that was a long answer to your question, but essentially it, it is case by case, but for the most part, you, you need to talk about things that matter. It's, it's your duty. It's your responsibility. Um, if you're going to be, if you have a large platform, even more so, if you are going to profit off of Instagram, if you are going to profit off of your followers, if you're going to have any of that, you need to also be someone that is a source of, of goodness whatever that means like giving back like I strongly believe that but when it's like times like like as I said as drastic as that you absolutely have to like you can't profit off of these people and then turn your back on them when it matters mm -hmm. so it's 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 definitely important to me yeah okay yeah see so going back to you know right after um like the death of George Floyd and and the height of these protests and these on uh, the Black Lives Matter movement um of this past year I so I I made a post I mean I I think I was pretty I was I, ma I made a few posts about what was going on and one of the, I think maybe the first post that I made was out of a lot of anger towards people 
that weren't saying anything. And Mm -hmm. I'm from, from like, um, like a suburban area. And I was like the only person of color in my group of friends of like 20. And Mm -hmm. so I, the, basically the gist of the post was just sort of like, I I led with that intro uh, that I just did. And then I was like, you know, there's a lot of stuff going around. And if you're not saying anything, you have to like show your people in your lives that are by B, B, do you you say BIPOC or BIPOC? BIPOC. I don't know what's right though. Okay. Um, Yeah. So BIPOC, um, which is black indigenous people of color um, in your life that you support them and that you're not like an enemy of them because that is a possibility. And it was just a lot of, like I said, anger. And I was like, it's your duty. Like I can't, and cause, and it came from a lot of these people that I've known for like 10 years now being my good friends that weren't really saying anything. And I mm-hmm. actually went through periods where I would archive it and then unarchive un- un- it and then archive it. Cause I was like, I don't know if I agree with this statement that I, you know, that's like, if you're not saying anything that you're like, right. I, you know what I mean? And I'm honestly, yeah. I don't know where I've left off with it. Um, right. And I, and so I don't know where it stands now, but I, I kind of felt like this weird, I don't know. I was like, am I imposing this responsibility on people that isn't mine to impose or like how much of this is, you know, like people might be doing the work, like you said, behind the scenes, but if they're not displaying it, then does that invalidate the work that they're doing mentally, whatever. And I think especially with like white people during that time I know a lot of them were like I just need to take a step back and like listen Mm -hmm. and so it's difficult to maybe voice concerns about topics that you are now just understanding exist totally totally you Uh, have to take time to step back and educate for sure before you speak because you know um but but another quote I'm sorry if I'm cutting you off did you did you want to finish okay yeah um another quote that was very uh impactful toward me was you know I did it like, okay. So like, like, as I said, like I am a loud, you know, outward person. And I immediately started sharing when I like started finding out yeah. things, but I also didn't know certain things. Like I didn't know that you're not supposed to ever post images of horrific scenes or anything like that, or at least have trigger warnings, all that jazz didn't know anything about that. And so I was, um, you know, corrected by a few people, um, about things and it was, it had that social um, negative pressure, you know, like I was like embarrassed. I was like, oh my God, like I should just, should I just stop? Like, oh my God, like people are going to think this or this or this. And I totally understand why someone who's a little bit more of an introvert would be deathly afraid of that. Like saying the wrong thing. Like, as I said, like getting uh, controversy back, but a quote that I heard that was impactful was it's better to show up imperfectly than not show up at all. Mm-hmm. Like we, I feel like in my opinion, as a white person, white privilege is inherently given to you. And some people understand that. And some people say, what are you talking about? I've had Corey's in my life, but it's not about that. And then when you're starting to see all this like physical proof on the internet, that's just so like heartbreaking, like actually yeah. heartbreaking. And it's happening all the time. It's just, there was a spotlight on that at that time. If you're not, and, and it's kind of like, everybody knows that you know about it. Everybody knows that it's on your feed. Every, and especially like, if you have a large following, it's like, you're not going to say anything like that to me is, is a difficult 
subject like to even like you know understand on however like you said like some people show up in different ways some people I saw another post that was like some people are having hard conversations with their family some people are protesting and not posting about it because they don't want their work to know some people are you know they're behind the scenes doing their part but they're not posting about it which I honestly maybe understand it's like like not to say like followers mean anything but if you have a hundred followers I don't really see like you unless like your inner group is you know very opposed but if you're just going to be posting to an echo chamber because all of your friends like think the same then maybe it's not as important I wouldn't say don't do it but and especially if you're doing the work in other ways but it's just like if you're if you have any following over a thousand people like I think that if you are doing the work why not post about it like I guess that's the way I think but again I'm sure someone could tell me a story about why they didn't I'd be like oh I understand that but it's just hard from like a point blank POV of being like why are you quiet right now like you were talking last week about a review of your new Zara shoes but you can't talk when people are dying like you know what I mean it's just a weird juxtaposition yeah I think the the idea of the echo chamber that you brought up is interesting as well. Like um, where I felt a little bit during that time period, you know, I mean, we both went to NYU, very liberal, uh, very liberal school. A lot of people we surrounded with had very similar ideas. And I feel like even if they didn't, that people that that didn't agree with that sort of like liberal mentality, I don't think one that I really interacted with them, not because of that. They, they just didn't yeah. come into my space. But I feel like those were opinions that were more suppressed, um, like know your audience sort of thing. Um, so I feel yeah. like that sort of reflect, for me at least reflects onto my social media and like who I interact with there. And that'd be something I was thinking about. And I was like, is there a benefit of posting? I mean, there's also for me, like I said, there's people from Virginia that also follow me. So there is a little yeah. bit of that diversity, though I did make like after freshman year, I made a completely new Instagram because I didn't want people from Virginia to keep following me. Um, because every time I, I came home, that. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, which one do I send the meme to? I'll send it to both. <laughs> I'll send it to both. Yeah. Cause I, I mean, this is a little bit tangential, but like, it was really annoying to me every time I'd come home and I'd run into people that, I don't know, it's fine. Like, obviously if I run into you and I known you and I've lived here my whole life. So you know, we'd say hi and talk, but it was always like, oh my God, I love your Instagram. Like, it must be so cool living in New York and like just stuff like that, where I was like, I'm going through personal hell living in New York. (laughs) Um, But even if I wasn't, I was just like, don't stop and talk to me about my Instagram and think that I'm cool because of my Instagram. I don't know. I got mad at them and then mad at myself. So that's, I guess, another topic that we can, we can broach on in a minute. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, so I'm, I was, you know, thinking like, what is the, is there a benefit in just kind of saying the same thing over and over to the same group of people that, you know, I, I saw like 15 things, like same posts reposted over and over. Right. Again, you know? Right. Well, I think yes. And I mean, I'm from, I'm not from Virginia. I'm from LA and mm-hmm. I went to school in New York. So those are the two most liberal cities you can get in America. And so I had that thought and I, and I saw like one girl from my high school being like, I'm not about to post to my echo chamber, but like, look at this. And I was just like, okay, like, that's, like, a weird way of putting it, and that's not, like, you're not really doing anything with that, and I mean, I know that I had crazy amounts of growth during that time of, like, educating myself, and I sought out, 
people and would turn on post notifications for people that I respected their opinion and I liked what they were posting. Um, it wasn't in, I think that I get triggered from like very aggressive posts, whatever it may be, either side. Um, but I would seek out posts that were like for positive change in a healthy way. And, you know, I'm sure you saw on your stories, stories became extremely important because people yeah. weren't really posting on their Instagrams anymore. Because I think that the feed was kind of meant for look at me. And then the stories are like sharing other people's content, sharing ideas, whatever. Um, and so I would only look at that, the stories for a long time. Yeah. And I would see, and of course, like the um, different uh, educational accounts that I followed, but um, I would find really interesting, even though it was the same idea said a different way, it impacted me in a different way each time. And it also furthered that idea as truth. And it, it, it just reminded me as like, like even just keep staying in touch with yourself and taking care of yourself, like is so important when educating yourself about like violence like that. And so I think that even though like maybe some of your followers, like, and honestly, I got a lot less views on some of my stories because people were like, oh, it's not a makeup picture. Fuck that. Like, I was like, it kind of made me judge my followers a little bit, but because I was just posting educational, like, you know, resources and allyship, whatever. Um, but that's beside the point. I feel like seeing people's point of views and uh, giving the mic to people of color and sharing those ideas and giving them the platform, like really just like resharing like what they have to say, because what they have said has been washed, wish washed throughout, you know, centuries. So I think that that is extremely important and it always will be important. And I like, I know that that was kind of like a blip on the radar of time, but it's still so important to continue to follow those accounts that educate you on the disparities going on in the United States for certain people, like BIPOC, uh, 100% and Black people. Like, it's just, it's something that will never not be important. And I don't think that there's any harm in sharing. And in my opinion, if someone complains, fuck them. Like, fuck them because like you're like in in my opinion it's in your interest that you're helping people and you're trying to keep people safe like seriously keep children and kids our age safe so I don't think that it'll ever be not important even if it is not as impactful as you'd like it to be because all your followers maybe think the same maybe someone will be inspired by your post that you just shared they'll post it on their story and they're from Virginia they're from a place where like my friend went to Alabama University and when she shared things, she lost like a ton of followers. But then there was all the people who opened their eyes and was like, thank you for sharing this. So I think that it's just, I think it's, it, it's not necessarily going to change. I don't want to say change the world, but it, it could be a seed to change the world, if that mm -hmm. makes sense. Mm -hmm. That in and of itself is not going to change the world. But if enough people do that, it will absolutely change the world. Thoughts and ideas change the world so I think keep doing it just keep doing it so we're I think so we're talking about um we've kind of broached about like you know the civil unrest specifically in America so I mm -hmm. I, I want to move on to like let's talk a little bit about performative activism um do okay. you remember the Sudan meal project mm -hmm. yes so um just for those listening I will recap it a little bit there it, it kind of was like a trend that went viral on social media um people changing it was one of those things where you change your icon to a different color 
that was a big part of it. So it was like this navy blue, um, change your Instagram icon, your Facebook icon, whatever, to show that you support, um, that you want to support like the humanitarian crisis in Sudan and you want to help them. And one of, there was like this trend going around that if you read, there's a account that said it was called the Sudan Meal Project. And if you reposted their thing and if you followed them, things like that, it was like one repost equals one meal. I saw that everywhere. Everyone was like, yeah, very, you know, good intentions, but that was the, um, how it went around. And then when I looked it up, there was like a bunch of accounts, Sudan meal project, Sudan underscore meal project, Sudan period meal project, you know, like so many of them, because these were accounts were getting so many followers from all these people that wanted to help. Um, and that they felt like that was a way to do it. And I feel I don't know how much, how many people realize that legitimacy of that was not, that it wasn't legit, that it was just, you know, like it was just like a trend in a way for people to get followers and like at make up an account. And well, was I, it, were they not donating? Mm -mm. I mean, like it was like a, yeah, it was like a fake thing. And like peep, some of the, I don't know if there's, I don't think like even the original one was a real thing, whatever the original one was. Um, because I like, think about like the logistics of it, you know, like, I don't know. It just seems like such a criminal thing to do if you're not actually going to do it. Like, it's just, yeah. What, what are you benefiting from people? If you're, if you're getting followers or something that doesn't even exist, like that's just such an odd thing to me. I remember that that happening and I remember the profile pictures thing that you're talking about. Yeah. Um, but I had no idea that people were scamming people. I thought that it was just like a like a trend. Yeah. And I mean, it was I'm, I just looked up an article right now just to see if I could get a little bit more about whether or not it was actually happening um, or like if there was actually like food donated or, or whatever it may be. But it doesn't look like it. And it's actually just showing a bunch of reposts and people like the fake accounts with like the mm -hmm. same, it was, they had one post with a blue navy blue post that said repost um, for one meal. And I think to me, what was, I mean, I, I, interesting about this and I think media, the portrayal of humanitarian crises on media is really interesting, especially when it's not within the Western world, you know, when it's America, it's a little bit different, I think, versus like if we're seeing it from like a foreign country like Sudan where we don't really, we don't know like how life is there. And so what we know is what the portrayal, the portrayal that we've been given. And I think a lot of humanitarian, a lot of foreign countries are presented in a way that they're always in a humanitarian crisis or only their humanitarian crisis they're facing is presented to the Western world. And it creates, well, yes, like you should, you know, countries, humans should help each other when like they're in need. But then it, it just presents like this foreign country and everyone in the, the people in this country being destitute continuously. And that's like the image that is spread across. And mm -hmm. I think that it digital, like it plays on like the digital savior complex, like the white savior complex. Like I think people believing in it, I mean, not just, I'm not trying to shit on anyone because I think I probably did it too, was like reposting it and thinking that that's actually doing anything where like, how is that right you know what I mean right. like if you yeah right I mean so you started the question with performative allyship yeah. and I I think that I personally have a different opinion of what that situation was versus performative allyship okay like like in your point of view like when you did it 
were you doing it because you wanted people to perceive you as humanitarian or were you doing it thinking like, were you just a little bit ignorant? Like, oh, this, this is great. It doesn't take that much effort. I'll just do, I'll just repost. Which of that would you say it was more? I'm assuming that I probably reposted it. I mean, I know that I changed my icon to like the mm -hmm. blue one and I, I kept it there actually a while after it was gone because I just felt like the point of that was for people to look it up and see why they were doing it. And I'm just yeah. assuming I probably reposted it, but um, the intention was definitely to help. But I took a, I took a class specifically on humanitarianism and media, um, like my last year of college. So I think I was more skeptical going into it. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I was like, yeah. if, it, if it's something that is real, then that's great. And then it wasn't until a little bit later that I was like, how does this even work? Right. Right. You know, the intention right. was definitely to help. It wasn't to be like, I'm, I care about people yeah 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 and I definitely think that um intentions are extremely important yeah um when when thinking about it but like to put it in the context of what happened recently with George Floyd like maybe some people who did were definitely performative allies did have the right intentions in mind but they just didn't educate themselves on like how they could actually help or or something like that but I think that maybe in my point of view that what that that specific instance wasn't necessarily performative rather than just like for lack of better words you're not ignorant but like just ignorant a little bit because like I yeah. was definitely ignorant at the time too like my perception of it um but there are you know I think with our culture of like anybody can be a celebrity like it's very odd like anybody can it's not like the media and movies and tv and you know music industry gets to decide who that is it's just simply anyone that can gain their own following yeah. and um when those people uh practice performative allyship or even like companies like vogue like suddenly now you're gonna post a bunch of people of color really like no like it needs to be like actual action and if you're gonna pretend like you've always been an ally and not like and I did see co some companies stand up and be like hey, we've messed up. We have not been posting enough people of color and this is our plan to change. That's not performative. That's like, I have a real plan of action. Vogue being like, look at this, like our, our, our uh, August issue is gonna be so-and-so, you know, of color. It's just like that, that's, you're not helping. You're pretending yeah. to help, but are you going to actually make change that the world needs? Like with the amount of power and influence that you have. So like that brings it back to like the influencers, like with your influence, are you going to keep posting things that matter? I mean, it's your account. Like you're, you know, it's your, it's your you have agency over your life to do what you want. Yeah. But, you know, that performative aspect of it, you know, gets, becomes put in question. Um, but, I, and I think that it's, it's, it's a, it's a bad thing. It's definitely detrimental, but honestly, I had some people that I know come to me and be like, I was accused of performative allyship, but like, like you said, like I had the best intentions. Like I was just trying to help. Um, like I remember like a person that I know posted a picture of like a little black boy and a little white boy holding hands. Like this could be our future. Like let's like, let's come together rather than like be apart, like something mm -hmm. like that. And it was like, she was, you know, she got a lot of pushback on that. And so I feel like that is, kind of comes back a little bit to show up imperfectly than not at all yeah but the other the next step of that is learn from your mistakes and then try to show up in a better way 
yeah. don't get defensive. Don't like, if I were to have been like, when someone responded to my story being like, you should really post a trigger warning or you shouldn't be posting this. If I got defensive, which I really did. My innate reaction was to be like, well, I'm trying to help. Like, of course you were and your intentions were there, but just learn from it and then move on. Like you can be a little embarrassed for a second or like a lot of people when they posted the black box, that was like the epitome of, of, um, of performative allyship like if you're not gonna do anything besides that like what was the point you know what I mean yeah some people got really embarrassed me myself included I posted a black box did before I did any research started reading on the internet like oh wait this does nothing and I just immediately deleted it because I was like I don't want to be seen as a performative ally but I think that like it, it is hard in this generation of like of image images and like who you're perceived as like yes you can learn but just make sure that you're sorry sorry yes you can continue to um post but make sure that you learn before you actually like you know try to be an ally otherwise Mm -hmm. it can be perceived as performative yeah no totally I mean the black box thing I think was like such a big thing um and like to me now I feel like it's used as like a I don't know, I guess like sort of a token on people's profiles, like you'll look through and be like, oh, they had the black box. I guess they like supported this cause. And I mean, it, it, whatever, whichever way you feel about that sort of situation, um, it's a way of labeling your identity, right? Like it's a way of being like, this is something I support. And I just want to show you that I'm not someone that doesn't support this. Um, but there's a few, so there's a few things I was thinking about while you were giving your answer. Um, well, one, I think like social media influencers that do say something, um, you know, and like we're a part of the protest and things like that. It, it's hard to tell what's genuine and what's just like social, like quote unquote responsibility or like influence, like pressure, like social pressure from people. Like you should be doing this. You're like a big person with millions of followers. And like, if you don't do it, it looks like you don't support it and yada, yada, yada. Um, and so like whether or not it's genuine that some people do it, with these audiences, I wonder if that is less important than the fact that it's just done and that message is out. Do you know what yeah. I mean? I, I think that it's the latter in my point of view. Yeah. Um, because if you have you if you have a lot of impressionable people following you and you're setting the good example, whether it's genuine or not, you're affecting their points of view. And then maybe that'll inspire them to get their own information and have their own uh, opinion. And maybe that will be genuine. Yeah. So you know, it all depends. Like, as I said, if you have a hundred people, maybe that's not something that you need to put at the top of your agenda. But as I said before, if you're profiting, especially like it's mm-hmm. very important, it's, it's just very important. And like, it's like, and like things we were talking about at the time, like if you are listening to black artists and you are watching and your favorite athletes are black athletes and you're like, you have black friends, whatever. And you're not saying a peep, like, it's just kind of like, what like if you're not talking about it when it matters like why are you talking about it when it doesn't you know what I mean like it's just Mm -hmm. you have to make that distinction for yourself um but it's 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 a it's a tricky subject you know and I think that there's a lot of judgment that has been going around and I think that that's not necessarily the answer either is like you know judging everybody's actions and um you know something that is kind of like side topic um of cancel culture you Mm -hmm. know someone doing something wrong like I think as a collective culture we realize that that's not good for it like it's really not good to not allow someone to 
admit they made a mistake and grow from it. Otherwise, what's the incentive to change? Like, what's the incentive to not keep doing what you're doing? Um, so like the whole cancel, cancel culture, I think is extremely important because although some things, some actions should, in my opinion, never be forgiven, um, learned from, but maybe not forgiven. Um, it's, it's important to give people that space to do that. Uh, mm -hmm. and so if someone say messed up online during that time when people were very sensitive, I think that it's important to allow them to grow and learn from it and maybe make the right decision the, the next time. Um, I think that being understanding with each other, especially when all of this chaos is going on is so, so important. Um, because we all come from different backgrounds. We all are surrounded by different people. Like you got to give people the benefit of the doubt sometimes. But again, like I can't emphasize enough. It's so important to learn right now. Like when it matters, like we are in the middle of a revolution, like keep yourself informed so you can be a part of it. Yeah, totally. Okay, hold on one second. I need to fix this lighting really quickly. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, for those of you watching, we had a quick, quick change. I mean, you can't see it as much from Ava's side, but this is part of my room. Welcome. Um, anyway, so going back to kind of where we left off, um, let's talk about now, we talked a little bit about performative act, uh, allyship and really just how different ways people use their social media. Um, I want to play a game and you can tell okay. me. Wanna play. <laughs> and it might be a little hard because you know me, um, but do you have your phone on you? Yes. Okay. I want you to go to my Instagram account. And actually, why don't you, do you, do you still follow my old one? It's, yes. Is it, which one is it? Is it like, Mashmade or M4? Um, it's, oh, not, neither of those. It's like mms.jpg. I think that's what it is. MMS? Mm-hmm. Let me see. Oh, I'm not, I don't have Instagram. Oh, you deleted it right now? No. Um, did you delete the app or did you delete your account? I deleted the app. I delete the app. I feel like every few weeks or so, because I get overwhelmed. M-M-M-M-M-M-M-M-M-M-M-M-M-M-M-M-M-M-M-M-M-M-M-M-M-M-M-M-M-M-M-M-M-M-M-M-M-M-M-M-M-M-M-M-M-M-M-M-M-M-
seeing a lot of selfies. I'm guessing this was the selfie chapter. (laughs) Gotta love a good selfie. I see a mix of different kind of editing styles, lots of different filters, um, lots of photos with friends. Am I saying what you want to be perceived as or what I perceive you as? Um, Like if you followed me during this time, never met me, maybe met me once. Who would you think I am based on this profile? You can you can um, think out loud if you want. Okay. People can't see necessarily what you're seeing. Okay, so I see like film, so I would think you're artsy. Um, I see a lot of pictures of friends, um, even photos with you not in them of friends, which makes me think that friends are very important to you. Um, I see a lot of selfies. Um, I think captions are important on selfies just to see like what the point was. Um, Mm -hmm. I see random uh, captions for the selfies, which makes you think you just wanted people you wanted the validation at that point. Yeah. Um, so maybe. Can you see. read a caption or two and uh, let us know what you mean by that? Or like what the, on yeah. the selfies? Yeah. Uh, should I show the selfie or just say? You can do either. You can do both. This was a hoop de hoop. Let's see. This one is a cloud emoji. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. I took a lot of pictures in that one area. <laughs> this one is an upside down smiley face. Mm. So, so that that's that's interesting to me. I feel like that tells me a lot about someone, um, or just you in this this part of your life. Um, you post images that I would post, say, like on my Finsta rather than in my Insta, which means you don't take yourself too seriously. Um, a lot of like aesthetic pictures, like a picture of a candle, um, picture of shadows, which makes me think like you're, you do view your Instagram as like an art platform rather than just for friends. Um, yeah, there's a lot of smiling pictures. Um, that's something that I kind of like realized about myself is I don't really post that many. Mm-hmm. Um, it's more serious, you know, but I, I really do enjoy when people are just showing their happy candid self which I see a lot of from you here um lots of different textures and patterns and I think that's just kind of like the composition which is something you can't really plan it's just something that you like your eye you either have it or you don't like good compositional abilities which I see you do um so again with the artsy um and you wear you wore makeup in every post, which is different from now. Um, That's interesting. I didn't notice that. Yeah, that is very different from now. Yeah. Oh my gosh, this is so crazy from NYU. I'm seeing like the dorms in our campus. Oh yeah, and um, I see thread because you were designing tops and bottoms at that time. Mm-hmm. A little um, trying. Little, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, like this portion is very artsy. Like there's, you're reposting art, you're playing with lights and silhouettes. Um, definitely more than just keeping people up to date on what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Striving more so. for that aesthetic during that period of time. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Definitely. That, that's what I would interpret. Okay. So who's this girl? Who is she? Mm-hmm. Who 
issue. Obviously, um, you know, full picture won't be there as we've as we've gone through with everyone. What you present is what you select to present, but. So she's a city girl that has a lot of friends, doesn't take herself too seriously, um, definitely is involved in art and um, you promoted your designer business like on the account. So wants to be striving for something more, I'd say um, is a not ambitious um, and happy. Like honestly, when I see people smiling with their friends in photos a lot, I'm like, this person looks happy. Okay. Okay, cool. So just to have a recap of, I think, I think feel like a majority of what Ava kind of looked through was my transition from high school, end of high school to my first year at NYU. Um, and maybe I'll edit in some screenshots or like a video or something so you guys can see along because it is a private account. And um, so, yeah, but so let's see, artsy, happy, has a lot of friends. This period in time was probably the most isolating and unhappy I have ever been in my entire life. Um, wow. Yeah, which is just like, I have not up to, up to now been as down as I was during that period of time. It was like one of those times where I was like, oh, this is rock bottom. I will never go here again. And, take active steps to not reach that level. Um, and yeah, this Experiences was- can be deceiving, huh? Very deceiving. The fact that, you know, I feel like the top two things you said was that I was happy and had a lot of friends and neither of that was true. I had like two friends and like a lot of people who didn't like me for reasons that I don't care about anymore. But, you know, mm -hmm. it's it's interesting the life that was I was trying to portray. Um, and it's not odd. It's definitely not odd that that is something that people do, but it is interesting. The extreme. Like how, overcompensation. Yeah. Overcompensation for sure. And like, like I was saying, these people that maybe didn't like me, they still followed me. Cause that's a thing. People still yeah. follow you if they don't like you or, um, and showing that face to them, like, you know what? I'm good. I'm happy. I'm living my best life. Despite what you think, even though what you think is greatly affecting me. Um, and I actually haven't scrolled through this Instagram in a while. And I just thought it would be originally, I kind of want to do that with the, with my current one, but you know, we've known each other very well for the, you know, for the while that I've had that. So I don't think that would have been as successful. Um, mm -hmm. but yeah, I don't know. I just wanted to see what you got from that. And I don't, I feel like that I just kind of wanted to leave that with the audience too. And even for myself to really look back at it and think from someone else that didn't know me at that time and see what they saw and sort of what, that I feel like is another kind of performance, right? It's another mm -hmm. sort of, um, and maybe posting these pictures, does it make me feel like I'm doing better in life than I am? Maybe right. who knows, you know? Right. So, yeah. And I think that was also a reason as to why I made another account because I realized how different people viewed me based on what I posted. And there was like this expectation to keep posting a certain way because people that I knew from freshman year of high school followed me and you don't want yeah. to show them the, yeah, you know, the yeah. nitty gritty, deep, dark parts. I suppose. Yeah. 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 And I think that being inauthentic towards yourself is exhausting. Yeah. And so I could totally see why you just wanted to, okay, I'm not even going to just change. I'm just going to start over. Like I completely understand that blank slate, like 
Because then you, instead of you're trying to feed into what other people wants to see or how they perceive you and continue that, you know, not lie, but lie, you can just be like, okay, what makes me happy? And I think that that's really important to always bring back something that has become so intimate, your Instagram, Mm -hmm. back to yourself, because that's what it's there for. It's not there for anybody else. Yeah. And I think that, you know, as much as throughout this podcast, people talk about how there is a separation from this online world and this physical world that we live in and, you know, how one matters, you know, one matters more than the other. One's livelihood depends on, you know, who you are in life versus like who you portray online. But that doesn't mean there isn't an interaction and a relationship between the two. And, you know, if you are feeling like a three and you're presenting like a 10, the extremity of that is just going to keep going. You're going to feel like I'm, why I'm posting like a 12. I'm getting responses. Like I am this and that, and everything must be great for me, but I'm feeling like a zero and that's, it's going to keep going. And there's a reason, like, I don't know what the reason is necessarily. I don't have, you know, an exact truth for it, but there is a relationship there and there is an effect to your identity in a certain way, even if it's your identity in that, just like a temporal sort of state. Um, Absolutely. And even like on that same note, like, like, as I said, sometimes I'll just scroll through my Instagram for one reason or another. And I'll be like, damn, like I looked so good then. I was so happy. And you can you can fool yourself, like yeah. thinking that like I'm at my lowest. Like I like you look in the mirror or whatever, maybe it's physical or maybe it's mental. And then you compare it to something that's not, it's not, it wasn't the it doesn't show an accurate description of how you felt, who you were at that point. And so I can I can definitely see the negative points of it not even from just trying to withstand some sort of identity, but also like your relationship with yourself is just kind of like superficial. And that that's, that's a betrayal of thyself. Yeah. It's like, you're actively constructing your own reality, but like not accurately on purpose. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, You're like construing it to yourself. Yeah. And I think that, you know, like you said, looking back on something and not really under you know, having that misconception of what was going on, that makes things really hard to figure out who you are now. If, Mm -hmm. you know, if you don't accurately understand what you've gone through or what was going on. Um, Right. Yeah. And I think something that we kind of touched on at the beginning in terms of like selfies and like, if you look good and this and that I'm looking through these and I'm thinking like, oh, you know, I was cute. I was 18, 18, 19. That's like when you start kind of like 18, 19 to like mid twenties, you're like in your prime, you know, like just like as a human being, you're physically like going to be the most attractive, whatever that you are, right? right? You're like healthy, this and that. And, um, and I feel like that was one of, you know, I'm like, oh, well, I look pretty. So things are probably good. And I think that's, you know, as like women and it's something that is so tied to your identity and like who you're meant to be or who you I don't know. I guess like your state, it's like, if you're pretty, you're good. You're doing well. Yeah. Yeah. It's so odd, honestly, to think about like that. And I think that we've been trained to think as such our whole lives, whether it just be subconsciously through movies or any content that we're fed or the ideas that were fed from the previous generation, that it's like so important. Um, even the concept of being a lady, you know, like it's not even how you look, it's how you act too. Like, it's just, it, it's odd that um, we perceive people um, that are better looking to be better off or yeah. that they're happier. 
when, you know, some of the most beautiful girls I know are the most tortured souls. And it's Mm -hmm. so sad because there's always going to be someone that you believe is prettier, skinnier, younger, more successful, more anything. But you have to have the relationship with yourself where you can appreciate what you have that makes you feel special. Because of course, beauty is important because sex and beauty sells, we all know it. But I think that finally, like there's been a change of the tide where people are realizing there are beauty, there's beauty in areas that we were not fed to as a kid. There is natural beauty within women that aren't on the covers that were on the covers in the nineties. Like, I think that there's a lot of strength in that. And I think that women nowadays, it's a mixed bag of, of really confident women because they see women like themselves now in ads or that, that look like them. And I think that that invokes like a lot of confidence because you realize like, okay, just because I don't look like that the standard of beauty at the time like wow there are so many other definition of beauty that I wasn't even acquainted with Mm -hmm. and being more inclusive inherently makes people more um, confident because you can see parts of yourself and what people admire Um, but I was just saying that there's a double-edged sword to that because you're constantly looking at images of other people you're going to because we're human compare and if you can keep that to a healthy minimum, then I think that where our culture and generation is going is going to be much better for women's uh, relationships with themselves. Because we all know that, like you, I'm sure you've even seen like, cause like skinniness is a huge thing on Instagram and girls Photoshop themselves to be as such. But I'm sure you've seen those influencers that post a video of them like like posed in the mirror and then they just like like stop or like they sit down and they show their roles because that's human that's normal that's what we look like and that's how you see yourself all the time but you're only seeing the rock hard abs on Instagram so it's it's kind of like showing that real raw self I think is really important and how we were talking about like you only show your best features I think it's really cool that somewhat culture is going towards hey this is me on my bad day because this this does happen um, or shares parts of their life. Like, I don't think you need to share things that you're not comfortable with, but if you're comfortable with like seeking out love and support from your community, when something bad happens, like, you know, I've seen people post when somebody dies in their family, like that's not for the person that died. That's for yourself because you won't let people know, like I need support right now. I think that's, that's beautiful. And I think that that is maybe something that we should try to strive for is showing the real or real selves, which is something that I've battled with like I it's hard for me to post something that I'm not like I feel the best about this so I think it's a a hurdle we all have to approach in our own way but I think it could be really beneficial towards society yeah I mean I I think there's also different like you were saying um you followed my my old account on your finsta you know there's Mm -hmm. a there's a whole nother type of account for this realness um where I think I deleted my finsta but I feel like if you put this, you know, the, the interim we just went over and then my finsta at this time, side to side, it is like, you know, so drastically different. It's, it's unbelievable. It, I feel like it almost looks planned how different yeah. it is. Um, yeah. So, I mean, but I, I, I guess it, in a way, I'm glad that there is a finsta because, you know, in person as well, like you don't, everyone you meet, you don't need to be vulnerable with, you know? Yeah. Um, and I'm glad that there's a a way that people are still able to do it 
online. Right. I don't know if on, I'm nervous about online communities sometimes, but I guess yeah, you can, you can you, reach more people more immediately. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you, if you're posting things that are vulnerable, you better be sure that that's with a group that you feel confident with. Um, so I've gotten screenshots of people's finstas and I'm like, that's wrong. Like that's like, oh yeah. I know people like, like that too that's they're sharing like a piece of themselves right there like I don't even want to see this you know what I mean um but I honestly feel like I don't know I'd love to hear your opinion about it but I all the finstas that I follow of my friends nobody uses them anymore I think I I don't know why I I just people do not use it and maybe it's because of too many betrayals of trust and the culture has just shifted of like I'm not trying to do that anymore but I really did enjoy finstas like you see I had friends who posted like the image they posted on Instagram versus like the the process of getting that photo or just like I'm really vulnerable right now and this fucked up shit just happened so I think it's it was a really cool um aspect of Instagram but I think that it in my opinion died out would you say the same I uh, I'm trying to think it's so difficult because I deleted mine where it's like typically you'd you know, you would follow Finstas on your Finsta so that like, oh, okay. You know what I mean? Cause I feel like following it on your regular account. Then when you're like scrolling through, someone might see it and it's like, you're going to be in a oh, private space. <laughs> <laughs> like, I want to see this stuff. This is the juicy stuff. Yeah. I mean, now I follow because I don't have a Finsta anymore. And also part of the reason I deleted it is because there was just too much information on there um, that I was co- no longer comfortable with people being able to access. Um, yeah. But there are two people that I know that I follow that actively still use their Finsta. Um, and they both sort of use them the same way, talking about like their like sexual conquests and their hookups and stuff like that, um, which That's is entertaining funny. and funny. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't know how many people, I, that's about it. I don't know if people still use it past that. Um, something I, I remember is there was people that I knew that like, they would let a lot of people follow their Finsta. And I didn't really understand that. I mean, obviously I used it very differently and I had like 20 people, 20, 25, something like that. But there are people that just like, they're me and they'd be like, oh, follow my Finsta. And I feel like, I guess in that situation, it was like, like very much acknowledging that my Instagram is not really me and the me there's like these layers it's like the people I don't care about can follow my Instagram whatever the people that I want to be friends with you 300 or so follow my Finsta um and that just was interesting I I don't know what are your thoughts on that do you have a large following on your Finsta I think I had like a hundred followers. Okay. Um, How many people like, follow on there? Is it like the kind it of- It was like the same. It was yeah, like the yeah. same. Um, I mean, I used my fit stuff for like funny things. Like, like I had this, I had this one roommate from Lithuania um, when I lived in the dorms and she would just do the crazy shit. And so I'd be like, look at what she did today, you guys. Like I would <laughs> never ever, and it's like close friends. Like I thought- and like, maybe that's looking back, that's a little mean now. I mean, she didn't know any of my friends. She was just there for the year, but I I would never want to be portrayed, be portrayed as someone who makes fun of people or for, to, for she were to ever see it. I would be so, I feel so bad. But mm-hmm. just things like that, Um, I'd post like drunk videos, which I'm not trying to have people think that of me. Um, Like 
I'd even post memes and like with a caption of like this in the end. like that kind of content is what I would post but I would never push the envelope like some of the people that I saw did posting illegal drugs posting straight up nudes posting like things that even if you send in a group chat would be like whoa like like posting like very intimate parts of their lives and I'd look at how many people that follow them at about the same I'm like a hundred yeah. people like like a hundred people is uh, enough to invite to your wedding let alone see like your boobs like you know what I mean like that's yeah I know and, someone and honestly, that did that like, too it's like straight like, up like spready gold boobs everything on a couch and I was like girl there's like 40 like not 40 there's like 200 people that follow you I mean like do whatever you want but I right it's a lot and like and honestly free the nip like cool um I just like for me that's very intimate and like yeah. it was just kind of like you're not posting it on your reel so obviously this is private so it just kind of like it sent like a weird message um but I definitely do uh, like know the people you're talking about that like had like a large following on their Finsta. And I think it was, I mean, in my, in my experience, not even opinion, in my experience, those people would still post very like intimate things. Yeah. yeah. Intimate things. And I think it's because they wanted to be portrayed. I mean, it was when we were younger and I think that being a party person and being like fucking crazy, it was like something that people admired, you know, like, oh my God, she's so wild. She's so fun. Um, and yeah. I think that people wanted that to be a part of their identity. So like maybe even though I know you through a friend of a friend, you were really chill at that party, like, like follow my Finsta. I'm hilarious on it. I think that it, it was, it was honestly more so less than like, this is the real me of like, I want you to see this side of me as well, because this is like, this is my PG, my grandma follows this account. Like mm. nobody follows this one, but my friends. So yeah. It, it was like, it was an interesting, and it was honestly interesting to see how each person div- divi- divided like their content on like for each one. Yeah, um, totally. Very interesting. Um, and like, and uh, just like, that was more of the time where like, I still followed a lot of people from my high school. Yeah. Um, I've unfollowed a lot just because like different opinions, no need to continue. I'm never going to see you again. And they would just use it to shit talk people like straight up, like screenshot someone's post and write a nasty caption. And I'm like, like, is this like E television? I'm not on, am I on an episode of Bravo? Like what's in Bravo? Like what's going on? Like, this is weird. Um, So it was just kind of like a secret, almost like dark side to Instagram. Um, But I don't see it as much anymore for sure. Yeah, no, I, it is. Yeah, I feel like I know people that, have done that um (laughs) I know people that strategically use the finsta I mean there was like a there was a time where right when I made this new account that now is like my normal account and it's like a public Instagram account and like you know and I'm very like this is just whatever it is and but when I first made it I I'm sure it was private because my old one was private and it was meant to just be like my normal rinsta whatever but there was this girl who I know didn't like me, very vocal about the fact that she didn't like me. Tried how to f- you, like, how could someone not like you though? Like, that's just so striking to me. You're so likable. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Ava. Um, I, I mean it wholeheartedly. <laughs> maybe I'll tell you the story um, off off recording. Um, but <laughs> but anyways, she wasn't a fan didn't like me very vocal about it everyone like everyone knew that she didn't like me whatever she tried to follow my account 
the new account that I had made because it was private. I think that she thought it was my Finsta. And so she followed my Finsta on her, her Finsta. And I accepted uh, it because I was like, this is my public Rinsta account. This isn't my actual Finsta. And so I followed her back, I think. And now she's probably blocked me and whatever. It was like years ago. But I thought that was so conniving. I was like, you just want to get in and see. And you think I'm dumb enough to let you into my Finsta and like, her and this other girl, it was a very mean girls-esque time, you know, like we're a group of girls and we don't like you, yada, yada. It is what it is. We've all run into mean girls in our lives um, or mean people, I suppose. And that I thought was just so intriguing that she followed it and was thinking that like, I don't know. I was like, there's no reason for you to follow me unless you don't care about me. You actively dislike me. You're just trying to find ammo is what my perception was. And I was a bit snarky. I was a bit petty. And I made a post um, because then I tried to follow her on her Rinsta account and she had blocked me on that one, which was just, it was a very confusing <laughs> charade of I'm allowed to follow her Finsta, but she blocked me on her Rinsta. I don't know what content would be. I don't know. Anyways, I made a post because I was uh, annoyed and I was like, she follows me on her Finsta, but blocked me on her Rinsta, like something shady is going on, something like that. And you it, post it on your Finsta or your real? On my real one, the one that she follows. And um, so many people commented and were just like savage, like stupid stuff like that. People, a lot of people didn't know who it was about. Um, but it became like an issue with her. Like, I remember I had a confrontation with her because I was like, this is just too much. Like, you know, it's been going on for a year. Can we just dead it? Like, we don't have to interact. And she was like, you made that post about me. And it became like a point of like, dissension or you know controversy or whatever it is what is it called conflict it became a point of conflict between the two of us and it's just so interesting how all of these what is it called I don't know there was just so many like mechanisms behind this whole interaction and so many weird things and that like how now it's the close friends now it's now it's the close friends friends. yeah I feel like I'm on a lot of people's close friends who I've never hung out with Okay, yes. And like, <laughs> that is so like, like, sometimes they'll just meet someone like whether it be through a friend of a friend or whatever. And like, they're posting like, sh- like real shit. And like, I'm on their story. And I'm like, I feel a little bit honored. Like, I'm like, wow, yeah, you must like feel really close to me. But I'm also like, you probably have like 300 people on your close friends list. Like, yeah, like, I like you a little bit more almost like like what you're talking about with Finsta. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a very weird weird place because I I don't know about you I've accidentally hit the real one instead of the green button Mm. and it was one of my like raw moments and I was like I think I would I'll say that now because I ended up posting my real because I was like oh it doesn't matter I was just was seeking out a therapist and you ended up responding to me and you Mm -hmm. helped me out and like I got exactly what I was looking for but I didn't want I just like went in a in a, a frenzy of like what are people going to think? Like, are they going to think something's wrong? Or like, whatever. Mm-hmm. But I realized, like, having a therapist means that you're seeking out your your health. Like, you yeah. want to stay in touch with yourself. Like, there's nothing to be ashamed of about that. But, like, you know, the stories are a little bit, you know, scary if you if you aren't really focused on what button you're pressing. So I don't think as many people post as, like, raw of stuff as they would have on their, their Finsta. Yeah, because I guess it goes away. that's true yeah so and it's like it's almost like extra at that point if you screenshot someone it's like why do you care so much versus if it's a post and you want to be that person that exposes other people's things you're like here it is it's always going to be here unless they actively archive or delete it um yeah yeah I 
I, yeah, it's the, the close friends thing is interesting. I feel, I wonder how intimate people get. Cause I sometimes feel like they're being intimate on their close friends. And I feel like, I don't know why I'm on here, but like, cool, I guess you trust me for some reason or another. Um, and like, I feel like a weird, like loyalty. I was like, because you trust me, I will not betray you, <laughs> you know, <laughs> even though there's, you know, whatever, but do you feel the need to add them to your friends? No, 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 no. I, I think I, I, <laughs> I'm, no, no. <laughs> um, <laughs> cause I think the way that I use, I don't really use close friends. Um, I think for fear of that, because for fear of that little mistake that you were talking about or that, you know, like you don't want to make sure you click the right one. And because it was similar to my Finsta where it's just like, I made a close friends list and it was such a small group of people that it was like, if I posted something on here, it's likely that maybe I wouldn't even want that thing on the internet. Yeah. You know yeah, what I, I mean? That. Like it, I didn't want to expose myself in that way or, you know, I mean, if I, I don't know, I, I guess sometimes I used it as like a, a siren call kind of where you were saying like, I need support. This happened. Mm-hmm. I need support. I'm feeling like this. Um, yeah. And I feel like that's maybe how I used it in the past, more like the Finsta because close friends wasn't established then. But right, yeah, I don't really right. use it. Um, and I definitely wouldn't add these people to mind because that would be the way that I would use it and being more intimate and personal. So I'm just wondering, I'm wondering what these people that I'm added on that we aren't good friends, maybe we've interacted once or twice. It's like, how, like, do, the, do you just not, maybe you're just more open than I am and you're fine showing that much of yourself to people that you, I don't know, that you think are cool or that you think won't judge you. I feel like that maybe is like, yeah a thing yeah. you know because like yeah definitely I mean I don't know have you ever seen like an account like I for sure have of like people like making real captions like this is going on in my life I'm really bummed out like blah 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 and it's like a picture of themselves and I'm like oh like that's that's intimate and like I want I immediately want to be here to support you um but I I obviously put myself in that point of view and I'm like I would never feel comfortable like showing that vulnerable side of myself. Um, and in some ways I like, I applaud you that you are able to um, do that competently. Um, but I just like go into my shell of like, I have my close friends and like not my close friends list, like my actual close friends that I could go to. Um, and it makes me feel, and I, I don't want to assume anything. It makes me feel a little bummed out. I'm like, do you not have that inner circle? Mm-hmm. Like I, and my innate reaction is like, I'd want to be there for you. Um, even if it's a stranger, but it's just, I think that some people just have different relationships with the app. They're like, yeah, this is for support. This is for validation. Why wouldn't I share that? You know? Um, no, totally. I mean, that's a, that's a new way of looking at that. I didn't really think of, cause there is that sort of, you know, do you not feel comfortable or do you not have someone else to like go privately speak to? Um, and there is like that weird paradigm of like, if you're posting it and then there's someone like you, like you're saying like a, seemingly a stranger that's like okay I want to support you I want to help you how strong of a relationship between two people can be created that way and what sort of relationship is created off of things like that um and I think I don't know like our generation is a bit different on social media I think than maybe the people on younger than us though I don't follow any of them so I wouldn't really know because the only ones that I feel like I interact with are like the TikTok influencers and like those sorts of like 16 year old million millionaires that I see. But um, I wonder how they use it if they're, cause they grew up with it. They grew up with it being like a form of communication and expression and like, you know, so 
I don't know. The only younger person that I talked to on here doesn't use social media or delete it at all. I thought she was like really big on Snapchat and she was like, I deleted it for like six months. And I was like, okay. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Snapchat is the app of the youngins and same with TikTok. Um, yes, I thought Snapchat, I haven't been on Snapchat in like eight years. I can't believe they use it so often. Do I you have like Snapchat? two friends that I talk to on it. Yeah, yeah. they have better, they have better way better features at like Instagram just it like always copies like Instagram copies Snapchat yeah all the time like they copied the the puppy filter was was a Snapchat filter that they copied they copied the Um, stories too exactly and then Snapchat just kind of went down the wayside but I think that I don't know maybe private conversations are a lot more important to children like I don't know about you but my mom freaking checked my text messages like that was awful and so if I could have something like Snapchat where it just disappears amazing or if I didn't want my small like when your life when you're when you're younger your life is so much smaller you're all the people you know yeah you can make friends on the internet but the people that you interact with really are at your school so if you can have a way of like not having a paper trail maybe that's that's better um but it's weird because I can't like can you imagine having the Instagram today like when you're in like high school or even middle school yeah like like there are 13 14 year old girls who knows how to contour and make them look like they're 20 and like and then they have like like yeah and like three million followers some of them have to be old men like interacting with adults because mostly adults use the app and if someone's into famous obviously it's gonna be adults and like you're just like checking your notifications and dms of older people on your way to chemistry class like that's just like that would be so weird and so odd and like the hierarchy it would create in high school like high school already had its own set of rules but if you're yeah. insta famous or have more followers on someone like it would just add a whole layer of complexity that i would be so uncomfortable with like so uncomfortable with yeah i mean i think it kind of changes that um like how you're saying when you're younger, your world is smaller. You know, you start off with just your parents and then it goes up and go up and up. But with social media, you kind of go from, I don't know, like five or six and like knowing your preschool and like your family friends and your parents to whenever you're the age that you get on social media. I don't know how young people are now. Like I feel like eight, nine, 10. And even if they're not actively posting, they're on it and like looking and suddenly yeah. your world expands to everybody. And it, you're such a different, I mean, we've talked so much about how it affects us and what we're, I'm, I'm 24, you're 23. And so, you know, we're like in our mid twenties, we're about to be the people that we're going to be for the rest of our lives. You know, we like Mm -hmm. developmentally are closer towards the end of our brain forming. And these are people are just starting. And so like, that's gotta affect your understanding of yourself and where you belong in the world. And maybe in a way that is I don't know, maybe more, I don't want to say accurate because what does that even mean? But like, right? you just are so much more aware of the world so young. So I don't even, do you grow up older? Do you, you know, do you grow up quicker? Well, I, That's what I mean. I definitely think you mature faster. Like, like, well, think about like a, a perfect example is like the young Gen Zers on TikTok with the with Trump and they, they all yeah. booked tickets and they were able to congregate online and like through a trend was able to impact history that will probably be in history books like yeah that's amazing and then the other side of that is the fact that they were actually involved like yes they were probably trying to troll and trying to like be funny but they're involved they know what's going on they see firsthand what's going on I think that inherently 
leads to more empathy. Like, like, it's not like, like what kid watches the news, but if you're following like people, you're going to hear about what's going on. And I think being educated about the world that young, I think is super important. Um, I do think that growing up too fast is a tragedy. It, your youth is stolen away and things are supposed to not matter when you're young. Like mm-hmm. you're supposed to be able to mess up all the time, mess up like and embrace the failure, your failures and just move on. But now it's solidified on the internet forever. Like that's, that sucks. And that's, that's hard. And it makes, I think it makes people not want to uh, make mistakes and kind of further this thought of they have to be perfect, which I don't think is good for growth. Um, I think there's a lot of different effects that this has on children. And especially like, like think about the trends and how fast trends move, especially yeah. with their generation. Like mm-hmm. on TikTok, like like I was saying before, like why I can't keep up. Like there's a different dance, like every day, there's a different trend, there's a different like whatever. And I've seen that through the accounts I follow with fashion, makeup, whatever. Like like makeup artists do a lot of the same looks that their their take on it. Mm-hmm. Like I remember there was like a butterfly look, and I waited a week, and it was already yesterday's news, and I was like, okay, I guess. <laughs> Like, it's just like very weird, like how fast these things move. And I mean, I think about like, you could dress up from the seventies because there was a, a decade of where people dressed similarly, the eighties, similar nineties. And then like from the 2000s, like you can dress like Paris Hilton, like early 2000s, but from like 2005 until like, I'd say even now, like trends have moved so like at hype. would you dress up as like things have changed so quickly that you can't even like get a hang of it so like I can't imagine um being a kid and trying to find my identity when you know you know everybody wants to be like popular when you're younger because that's just what happens yeah imagine trying to keep up with all this like it's just it seems like a whole lot to be a kid nowadays like a lot yeah no very overwhelming I, I I totally agree that's something I was thinking of too when you were um, when you were talking about these trends and just sort of, I mean, like living online and if you're exposed to so much stimuli and things that you're not, you don't have the brain yet to even think about, even people that are fully formed, brains are fully developed, they're complex things, right? Racism is a very mm-hmm. complex thing. Like sexism, yeah. like all of the isms, like homophobia, these are very complex things, but they're exposed to people young and, you know, there is that benefit of like you're saying people can congregate and create like, you know, movements for social justice or whatever it may be. But um, these are still heavy concepts and things that, you know, need time and understanding and like life experience, I think a lot of time to really grasp. But when I'm thinking like now identity, like if you're exposed to so much and you're kind of intertwined in so much of the external world, what's left what time is left for yourself to really develop who you are, your needs, kind of how we were talking about earlier, like if you are quote unquote agreeable, which like you're saying, you know, you're younger, you crave validation. You, I mean, a lot of people crave validation no matter what age they are, um, mm-hmm. especially when you're younger, you know, you want to be like accepted. And if you are, aren't, then like that's sort of like earth shattering. And right. if you're not accepted in your high school and you're picked on or bullied or in middle school everyone hated middle school and now it's like your whole life is middle school (laughs) right right and and the only thing that I will say um to be devil's advocate to both of our points that we just made yeah is something that I think is positive 
mm-hmm. about the internet for young kids is like, I don't know about you, but I was really, really lonely in middle school and early high school, like extremely lonely. And it's like, you're like the, the entire setup of it is so harsh. Like lunchtime, you have your tables and you have your groups and it only the seats a of people. There's so much drama there. And it's like, yeah. that can be mentally exhausting to have to go home and not have escape from for sure. If you are only interacting with the people from your high school. However, as I said, my mom told me never to talk to strangers online, but now that's just inherently what people do. Yeah. It's not like there's only like the bad people waiting for you online. Like there's just normal people online. And now you have the opportunity to make friends online, find your people. You can seek those people out. You can go on Facebook and find Worlds of Warcraft, Geek Squad 2000, you know what I mean? And and then just talk to people that are like you. Like you can seek out these groups that maybe you felt like, you are such a loner because you're so different and, and be able to relate to these people that you would have never been able to know or see in your reality. And, you know, I even like, like, I'm not, I'm a very outgoing person. I, I'd say I have like a lot of friends, but a, a lot of the closest friends that I've had, especially because of quarantine, have been made online. And like, that's a real friendship. It's not just like, oh, I love your pictures. It's like, I video chat with them. I have conversations with them. One of my really good friends lives in Canada and like we talk like almost every day. And like I met her because we like the same kind of makeup. Like mm. very like that if I had that as a kid when I was like young and like depressed as we a lot of us were in middle school, I think that would have helped my self-confidence like in, incredibly so where I maybe I could have like what you said, like grow into the person and mature quicker who I was supposed to be and be that happier person because for a long time I was very unhappy. And so if I could have found that sort of camaraderie earlier on, maybe that would have, you know, stopped that for a while or at least lessened it. So I think there is like some positive things, but growing up fast, of course, is, is a weird concept and it's just seems to keep accelerating. Yeah, no. And I, I, I remember like maybe I was in middle school or high school, like you're saying, you know, stranger danger, don't talk to people online, all that sort of stuff was very ingrained um, when we were younger. But I, you know, like the Stan accounts and like I was saying, like the World of Warcraft, like people that really like things. I think I was like probably, a, I mean, I think it may have been like One Direction and I made like a One Direction like fan account. And then I like made some friends on there. And I don't know how well we, how I don't know how long we can stay in contact or anything like that. But I do remember there was one time where like, there was some, like my family was in a whole argument. There was stuff and I was a young kid and I was like stressed out. And I like texted these girls in this group chat and I was like, blah, 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 blah. And that provided some sort of relief. And I think in a way where it's like, they're not at immediately attached to your life. Like they don't, you know, so it's like, yeah. It's not like someone that's, that's at your high school that can like interact with other people and tell other people your things. You're kind of anonymous. They're kind of anonymous. And yeah, maybe it, it lowers the anxiety of like being vulnerable because they can't yeah. immediately affect your life. Um, but for any younger children listening, um, please be safe on the internet because there are a lot <laughs> of people that will try to take advantage of you. And I think it's really difficult to know when that's happening. So please be careful. We're not advocating to just talk to anybody on the internet. We're old. We can do it. (laughs) (laughs) But please be safe. If you ever have any concerns, talk to a trusted adult. Um, And yeah. Okay. With that really fun warning at the end. (laughs) 
Um, I want to thank you so much for talking me talking to me today, Ava. I really enjoyed this conversation and thanks for just sharing all of your experiences and insights. Um, yeah, I, I really enjoyed what you had to say. I thought we talked about yeah. really interesting stuff today. Same. Thank you so much for starting this, inviting me, listening to me and my long boring stories. Very, very fun for me. Um, I think that like this is this is a very interesting, weird topic that continues to evolve, like as uh, Instagram continues to evolve and all the other apps. Mm -hmm. And I think that these check ins to kind of really understand how it impacts you and how you feel about yourself and your relationship with yourself and others. So important. And I I recommend other people talking about it too, because just even with, if you're not even on a podcast or anything like that, like talk about it with people that are close to you because it can kind of make you find revelations in yourself, lifting the lid of like, is this actually not good for me? Like, should I have time to log off and make space? Like, yeah, that's an important check-in. So this totally. is really beneficial for me in many ways and I appreciate it. Cool. I love that. I mean, I, by the time this is up, hopefully the Instagram account will be popping. Follow at undertheinfluence.podcast. Um, also follow Ava, just a quick side note. If you want to see the stuff that we're talking about, her Instagram account is ava.ntgarde. That's avant-garde with a period after Ava. I'll include it in the in the words, whichever way this is posted on YouTube, in the caption, on on Spotify, in the in the description. But um but yeah, I, I made a post, uh, I'm like still making the Instagram right now, but it was like, we're going to talk about social media on social media. It'll be an interesting experience. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, you just kind of, I don't know if that was the last thing you wanted to say, Ava, but I want to provide you uh, a chance to leave anything you want with the, the listeners or the viewers. Um, so that was, um, <laughs> that was, no, that, that was an important thing I did want to say. And like, okay, I okay. Really think that that is like the core message that if I were to say anything, like make sure to check in into yourself, but also just remember that Instagram is a tool. It's not, it's not, uh, it shouldn't be the only thing and how you see yourself. It shouldn't be a mirror. It's just a way to express yourself. And when you have like the bad days we were talking about, try to level it out with the good days. Like don't let the likes make you feel um, like the, just make sure to check in with your highs and your lows, because in the end, it doesn't really matter. Um, the, the people and the connections that you make, I think are extremely important. And like you having that outlet is so important. Like for myself, especially if you're an, if you're an artist at heart, but you don't, that's not how you make money. It's extremely important to have, but just make sure to not take it too seriously, which is something a reminder that I have to tell myself all the time. Um, and be safe and be healthy, um, be nice, be kind and educate yourself um, on, on topics that matter when it comes to the app. Thanks everyone, stay safe. Bye. Thank <laughs> you.